politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to actually fulfill our words with deeds. Here at CR Podcast, this is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here today, Wednesday, August 2nd. And I'll try not to speak a million miles an hour because there is just so much to talk about. Because we have to talk about what I plan to talk about and what I didn't plan to talk about. So once again, we're always in this quandary where we have existential threats, like we talked about yesterday, our own government engaging in human smuggling with the cartels, subverting our communities with millions of illegal aliens. We could talk about 10 existential threats, what needs to be done about it, people don't even know about it, Republicans don't make the case, conservatives are distracted. But of course, it always has to come back to Mitha Trump. Then you might say, well, okay, just cover what you were going to cover and ignore that. But it's an even worse quandary because two things are true at the same time. Prosecuting someone for literally political speech and beliefs is a massive problem among the many massive problems we face from the Fourth Reich. It's something that cannot be ignored. It has nothing to do with Trump in and of itself. And they can and do want to criminalize their version of misinformation, which they use many times in the indictment, uh, for ordinary citizens, they are already doing it. That's why they're hinting to that with the COVID stuff and have been for years. So that is all true. But then at the same time, it's also true that Trump is our worst image in trying to fight what is a very important fight. And logistically, there is no plan or outcome that he can save us or himself So what is the plan for my colleagues? This is their Waterloo. It's time for them to bleep or get off the can. Because they don't give a damn about anything that happened to us the last three years. First and foremost, the COVID fascism. That wasn't the bridge too far, crossing the line, crossing the Rubicon. That made us a banana republic. We need a war. We need to fight. No. It's Mitha Trump. So this is their Waterloo because this is your thing. This is the one thing you care about, which again is complicated because we should all care about it uh, for what it's trying to do, and it really does need something to be done. So forever, your actions never matched your rhetoric. Will your actions finally match the rhetoric on the one objective you actually claim to care about? Or will you just say, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, nominated as a primary, he gets a... thrown in jail, and then you're left with nothing anyway, not to save him, not to save us. And Biden or someone they swap out in place of him gets reelected. And of course, we're caught not reforming any of the red states, focusing on the budget battle or anything that we could actually do. What is it they want to do? So what we're going to do in our time today is I'm actually going to talk about what I plan to talk about through the prism of this Because the two are amazingly related. In other words, the reason why my colleagues have sat for months and have not concocted strategies as I have in red states to protect us from persecution and calling on Kevin McCarthy to cancel the August recess and have a defund fight, defund the prosecution that is the only way to stop this. 
they just promote Trump as an end to itself. That is a reflection of why we never fulfill outcomes on any of the 10 other issues they claim to care about my entire lifetime. And things are worse than ever on economy, on freedoms, on biomedical tyranny, on the border, on crime, on foreign policy, you name it. Because they don't care. It's all about grift. It's all about ratings. It's all about themselves. It is not about a higher cause. And you'll know them by their fruits. And their fruits are very clear. And it's everything we've been saying until now. That Trump is really nothing new. It's just a more bombastic manifestation, an exciting manifestation of of the GOP and the fake conservative movement we've experienced our entire lives in that they focus on whatever top name ID ticket Republican there is as an end to itself, but the Democrats, but the media, and never focus their own sphere of, their, their own influence on the sphere where it could pressure and influence and affect outcomes the most. And that's why we are where we are. And that's why we're going to continue to be where we are, even on Trump. And that's why they are leading us down an incoherent path that uh, they refuse to divulge. What is the plan? All my colleagues are going to talk about, oh, it's terrible. Ha ha. What, this indictment was written by a three-year-old. Yeah, we, we get that. We get that. Oh, this is a weapon. This is... Okay, what is the plan? So I'm going to start out with what I planned to talk about yesterday, but didn't have time because we did the border, and then plan to talk about today. And it literally demonstrates why we are where we are and how Trump as a distraction is nothing new because we don't have leaders. We get the governance we deserve. We get the governance we're willing to fight for. What you're not willing to fight for, you don't get. So I'll start with this and then move over to the indictment because this really is it. There was a morning consult poll that came out that supplied or informed us of the approval-disapproval, fave un- or well, it's not fave-unfave, it's approval-disapproval. So it's an even stronger measure. It's not like, you know, do you have a favorable opinion of them? No, no, this is, do you approve or disapprove of the job they are doing? It did this on all 100 U.S. senators, all, you know, Democrats and Republicans, 59, uh, fi- uh, 51 Democrats, 49 Republicans. Very fascinating. Now, we are told by everyone in the country, oh, it's terrible. Congress, it's horrible. Right, you know, the, you, you poll Congress, it has like a 10% approval rating. Okay? Now, you would expect the Senate, again, I'm, I, and, and I'm making a facially neutral, ideologically neutral argument here. Not just the fact that Republicans in the Senate are literally Democrats. But just like from anyone's perspective, it's the House of Lords. It's it's a nursing home of elderly, retarded, uh, you know, aloof individuals 
that are out of touch with the needs of the average American. Okay, that, that is a statement that I don't care what you call yourself, a right-wing, left-wing, liberal, moderate, conservative, anything in between, that, that sh- everyone should agree to that statement. It is, like, you watch them, and they don't care about anything. The only time they come to life is about, like, funding Ukraine or some bizarre foreign policy escapade or something. That is what you see from the United States Senate. They are the worst of our government. They really are, across the board. Yet, astoundingly, out of the hundred senators, there's only... Five of them who are underwater approval. Underwater approval. Ironically, by far, the worst is Mitch McConnell. Minus 29. So that actually is good. That's the one good nugget out of this. But nothing else is good. And by the way, that would have shown, you know, normally it takes two cycles to knock someone out in the primary. God forbid, should you actually believe in what you say. I recruited to knock him out in 2014. We lost bigly. By 2020, a lot of people got the fact that, okay, McConnell's a problem. Donald Trump preemptively endorsed him, so we, we were done. Never forget that. I'm sick of these bastards that won't hold him accountable for that, and 50 other examples of that, by the way. But he actually was beatable. Then you have Joe Manchin, so so he is minus 29 net negative disapproval underwater. Manchin's minus 16. That's also because, but that's unique because he's in a deep red state where so most Republicans will disapprove, but because he's perceived as crossing the Democrats, a lot of Democrats will disapprove. That's why he has it. Susan Collins is minus seven, makes sense because it's she's literally like a Republican in name only, but technically a Republican in a Democrat-leaning state. So, okay. Ron John is minus five, and that's unfortunate. But again, you know, thanks to Trump, Wisconsin is slipping away, and that's kind of a reflection of that. And Kirsten Cinema is minus one, um, because obviously, again, she officially left the Democrat Party, even though she's a total operative for them. But, you know, so ticked off a lot of Democrats, so, you know, you lose your own party support, minus one, which is actually not even bad. And then everyone else is in positive. You have like, Lindsey Graham is plus one. Tillis is plus two. Fetterman's plus one. Okay. But most of the other senators are well, you know, eight, ten points significantly above water. And then there's another of them, a number of them, Republican and Democrat, that are like plus 20, plus 30, way up. Every one of the rest of them are very much approved of. So I first want to just discuss this in a general sense and then move this on to the Republican primaries and how this is an indictment of everyone from Rush Limbaugh on down for years. To this day, it's worse than ever. And Trump, not only not draining it, but actually refilling it and endorsing all these guys. But first, our sponsor today, speaking of action and outcomes... Jace Medical, okay, they will, because there is no accounting and there is no reckoning and no one in our movement has a desire to require it because they want to elevate the man who created COVID fascism to the nomination. 
they will cut off your supply of drugs when you need them. And naturally, we have it anyway, or it's not so natural with the supply chain shortage. Several hundred FDA uh, top drugs are in shortage. Get them today at jacemedical.com, jsemedical.com. You fill out a questionnaire so they can give you a valid prescription. And you know if you're on blood pressure meds, you're on mental health, diabetes, whatever it is, and you feel you need it, um, I'm not getting into the whole debate over you know drugs and natural stuff, but if you feel you need it and you want it and it works for you, uh, make sure you have a 12-month backup supply at jacemedical.com. Put in code REVIEW at checkout for a discount. The peace of mind gained by having this kind of long-term supply of your vital medications cannot be overstated, especially during the Fourth Reich. jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. Enter code REVIEW at checkout. So let's not forget the fact that people forget this. According to Ballotpedia, congressional incumbents had a 98% win rate. 41 states had 100%, 41 out of 50, had a 100% win rate in congressional races. State-level incumbents had a 96% win rate. Four states had a 100% win, win rate at state-level races. State legislative incumbents even had a 96% average win rate. Every single U.S. Senate incumbent, did you know that? Every single U.S. Senate incumbent won their race. Every single one. Okay, never ever forget that. Every single one. The only seat that flipped, it was open because Pat Toomey retired, was a Republican seat to Fetterman, ironically, in Pennsylvania. Uh, every Republican won. Every incumbent won. Only seven House incumbents cleanly lost of either party because there was a bunch of them were, that were just redistricting. Uh, added seats. You had two incumbents drawn into a seat, so an incumbent lost, but but it was due to another incumbent. Um, from By my count, it's only seven. So... It's a complete joke. Despite everything we went to, it was a status quo election. It was a status quo election. So all this, people are pathetic. This is an important point that's lost just from a political science perspective. Now let's get to the parties. You might say this is an indictment of both parties are pathetic, but not really. I cannot blame Democrats in blue states for returning their people and giving them high approval rating because they deliver the goods. It makes sense. It makes sense that deep blue state Democrats will have a high approval rating. But what doesn't make sense is deep red state Republicans acting and governing like deep blue state Democrats having high approval ratings. The highest approved Democrat is Schatz from Hawaii. Hawaii is an extremely blue state. Schatz is extremely liberal, and they like him. It's 65-23, so it's plus 42. Plus 42. But he is the second highest of all senators, highest then. The highest of all is a Republican, Barrasso from Wyoming, net plus 52. The second Republican, ironically, is Lummis 
from Wyoming who just voted to mandate gay marriage in red states, plus 40. Thune from South Dakota, plus 37. Rounds from South Dakota, plus 36. Sullivan from Alaska, plus 34. Britt from Alabama, literally a Democrat that Trump endorsed and got us her instead of Mo Brooks, plus 33. Hoven from North Dakota, plus 28. Um, then you had Tim Scott, horrible, uh, plus, what is this, 24 in South Carolina. And I can go on and on, on and on. Cassidy, Cassidy from Louisiana, he literally voted to mandate the COVID shots in the military, plus 17. And I can go on and on. On and on and on. And, you know, there's others that are like, you know, not great, but they're still winnable. Wicker. In Mississippi. Wicker in Mississippi. Okay? And um, he is up. He is up for re-election. He is up for re-election. No one stood with Chris McDaniel. Instead, Trump endorsed... Well, no, that was the other seat. When he ran it, Chris McDaniel ran, ran against Cindy Hyde-Smith. But same thing with Wicker. He's up for re-election. We have no candidate. And by the way, next week is the primary. Chris McDaniel is running against Tate Reeves for lieutenant governor. I, I wish him well. God willing, he wins. But, you know, if history is a indication, I doubt it. And, and I can't get any help for him. He, he would remake the state legislature there. Rarely do you get a smart lawyer like him who knows policy, articulate, fearless guy like him. I mean, he was the original MAGA movement. By the way, talk about stolen election, that primary with Cochran. My point is, this is an indictment of everyone who considers themselves a top conservative influencer. How is it that Democrats don't have a single blue state or even red state or certainly purple state Democrat that defies them in a meaningful way on one issue. Yet we have almost every Republican in every super duper red state is subversive on Ukraine, subversive on COVID, subversive on cheap labor and immigration and refugees, subversive on criminal justice deform, subversive on the trainee stuff and gay marriage and all that stuff. Subversive on DOJ persecution. Subversive on carbon capture and ethanol and wind and solar. Literally pimping it, leaders in it. And yet they have high approval ratings. It's because the voters don't know. Do you think the voters of South Carolina know that Tim Scott downed two of the best judicial nominees by playing the race card on them? No. I made it, I wrote an article at the time about it. Made a big sting of it. No, no one did. So everyone was talking about, Daniel, like, I, I, I don't understand. Why don't people understand what Trump did? Like, everyone he appointed was a leftist. All the things he, they don't know. Because you have a subversive leadership. But what I'm telling you is, I could, I could swallow Trump. Okay, it's a once in a lifetime. You know, there's something about him that charms people. But I, it's not really fundamentally the case. There's an element of him that makes it worse. But fundamentally, 
This is true of every Republican, including all the ones that say, I hate Glaubeleth. Yeah, except for yours in your state that you keep voting for and Trump endorses. It's a complete joke. So, yeah, we're all for the right thing in the abstract. We're all for defeating... Every Republican commentator now, is, is, including the ones that were part of it for 20 years, are like, oh, I'm sick of, you know, Con Inc. and the establishment conservatives and the establishment Republicans. They're all for doing the right things when the ball is not in play. In the way it doesn't matter, at the time it doesn't matter. Yeah, Congress has a 10% approval rating, except every single senator is reelected. Now again, the Democrats, I understand... They are servicing their needs. But how the hell do you have these, like, leftists? I mean, I'm not, it's not even like, okay, you know, the standards that you and I would have. These people are just objectively against us on every issue that matters. But at the end of the day, like, I don't think they're loved as much as Trump is by their voters in South Dakota. I don't think they have, uh, you know, pictures in their yard of Thune and, and, and rounds like they do... Um, Trump, but, you know, he's not a Democrat. It seems okay. Okay, I'll keep voting for him. Democrats wouldn't tolerate that for a second because they have a movement and an apparatus that would expose it in three seconds so you don't even see it because there's such a deterrent. And again, the few times there are, they're in deep, deep red territory. I'm not complaining about Susan Collins even. Talking about South Dakota and Wyoming and North Dakota. South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi. That, that's the thing here. So they're able to just not take a position publicly. Privately, they screw us. I'm the only one my whole career I've been trying to shed light on this. So there's nothing new about Trump. It's the same people that take whatever is the incumbent status quo. It's like... Daniel, I don't want to fight it. And also, there's a, there's a bunch of things that tie into this. There's the polling. All of, these people are damn cowards. We had this all the time. They won't support someone and give him air cover unless he has is polling even with the incumbent. But if you're doing the right thing and you really are an insurgent candidate, you're not going to start out like that. And you need help. Again, anyone who would pull even the rare instances with an incumbent is extremely rare. You would pull even. They would, they would support him. So it's not principled, principled that they support the establishment. They're pathetic. And that's what you're seeing with DeSantis. If he were pulling better, you'd see a different attitude. Oh, Daniel, I'm all for this, but, you know, come on, he's got to step up. And look, you could say, you know, the campaign should be more energetic on things. I agree. But let's face it. If the polls were even, you know, you'd, you'd have a different view. But you're never going to start out against an incumbent. And Trump is the ultimate incumbent, even though he's not literally in office now, but he's stronger than any incumbent. That's how it is. There's nothing new. So my problem is, I, you want to let nominate Trump, nominate him. But what is your plan to make red states red again and protect us from this stuff? You know, I, I keep saying, how is Trump going to be on the ballot? There's a secretary of state that's a Democrat in Nevada, in Wisconsin, and, and uh, 
Arizona at a minimum. You can't win. They will do it. They won't convict him before the primary, but they will before the general. What's your plan? What's your plan? Did you get it in writing that Trump will not make a plea deal and he'll stand and fight? Moreover, just politically, a guy that is so disgusting and just he has a negative 27 approval rating with independents, how is he going to win? And again, if your whole thing is that, well, Biden's getting very unpopular because he's everyone's kind of finally realized that he's a vegetable. If that's the case, they'll swap him out and they'll get someone fresh against someone that is so just jading on people for so many years already. What is your plan? Now, if you're like, Daniel, well, they're going to steal the election. No one could win. Okay, so then at least if you're like, all right, Daniel, but we're going to make a DeSantis in every red state plus. All right, fine. But nobody has helped me work the Mississippi races and the Kentucky race. We're going to have a McConnell guy at best if he will probably lose to the Democrat. By the way, that's a trend now. We're actually losing red states. You have these weak Republicans that are neither here nor there, and they govern like Democrats, and then they can't even beat the Democrat. You have that with, um, what's his name, Tate Reeves. As the, I, I made a mistake. It's Delbert Hoseman, who's the Mississippi lieutenant governor. He's being challenged by Chris McDaniel. The governor is, is uh, Tate Reeves, complete corporatist jerk. The Democrat is pulling even with him and, and outraising him. He's running as a conservative Democrat, whatever, you know, a fraud. But, you know, they could lose that seat. All these red states. What is the plan? Missouri is an open seat. Doug Burgum, the animal who's running for president from North Dakota, but he's too cowardly to give up his seat because they don't have term limits there. He's already on the second term. He'd be running for a third. Where's the clamor to get a better governor there? Where's the clamor? to pressure Christy Nome on the issues? Where's the clamor for anything to create red state sanctuaries so at least we're protected? There's nothing. The reason why we are where we are with red states not being red is the reason we're going to continue to be that way. So you can't say, nominate our worst guy that has no logistical way of winning, much less political way of winning. Oh, I think it's stolen anyway, but... It's all Trump, and then have no backup plan. So then what is your plan in the red states? We are not changing one single person. Not one. Bunch of red state governors, senators too. Roger Wicker is up in Mississippi. Pete Ricketts and Deb Fisher, because the special, you know, the vacancy, are both up in Nebraska. Horrible. Mitt Romney, obviously, he does have a challenger. Um... I meant to have uh, Mayor Staggs on. Uh, we've been DMing for a few months. I'll have him on one of these days. So maybe that, that, you know. But again, Mitt Romney is only because of Trump. Trump himself saddled us with him. When there was another guy who actually won the convention, a legislator who won the convention, Trump could have endorsed him, would have made the difference, very likely. He did not. And this is my point. Only eight incumbents lost primaries. But all of those were because they voted to impeach Trump. And here's my point. You look at, let's take Wyoming. Liz Cheney is a lesson. You and I are always pulling our hair out. 
based on what we know about these Republicans, we're like, I don't understand it. You pull people on the issues in these states. They broadly agree with what we're saying. Forget about defeating these guys. These guys shouldn't get more than 20% in a Republican primary after everything they've done to us. And what's interesting is indeed we have a control for this. Liz Cheney got in the 20s. She got crushed because there was a critical mass of a unified focus of whatever little movement and influence we have on defeating her. And people understood that. But the irony is, and it's the irony of all ironies, she lost the worst that any incumbent Republican ever lost. But it's ironically in a state where every other Republican is the same. Okay, they weren't, they, they, they were smart enough not to boldly say the things that Liz was saying. But if you look at Barrasso and Lummis, the two senators, and Mark Gordon, the leftist, Mark Gordon was like, it's cruel to end tranny surgery. He's a green energy whore. I, I mean, leftist. I'm not even talking about like, like a Greg Abbott. No, I mean, he's awful. Those three, Gordon, Lummis, and Barrasso, aside from Trump as a person, and quietly they probably agreed too, but publicly they didn't, they didn't do what she did. What is the difference? There is none. Ukraine, COVID, green energy, right? What is the difference? Yet they have like plus 50 net approval ratings. I, I believe Mark Gordon is the most popular governor in America. How is that? It's the failure of a movement, a movement that will turn a blind eye and doesn't give a darn, a movement that I will pass around. This is what Christy Gnome's people are doing to landowners. Try that in my small town. Try that in a small town. They are trying it in small town North South Dakota. Agenda 2030, stealing their land. And nobody will touch it but me because I don't want to look like I'm attacking, attacking Christy Gnome. I don't want to wield my influence exclusively in the places where it will actually matter and land and make a difference. That's why we have such a weak hand. And this gets me to Trump and the indictment. So this is a big problem. They're literally indicting you on political speech. Right? Let's say it's 100% false. The election was stolen. You could prove it wasn't stolen. So what? Okay, so I mean, and you can't, you can't do that in America. This is a big, big problem. But a couple things. Normally, we would have leaders in the House that would be pushing defund and would have been pushing it and building the case since this started with Alvin Bragg. To this day, I'm the only one calling for it. Why? Well, Mr. Trump and all these assholes in conservative talk supported McCarthy. They supported McCarthy. By the way, it was so funny. All these guys, if you remember, they're like, what's the plan? What's the plan? What do you mean, I'm like, what do you mean, what's the plan? The plan is to get rid of McCarthy. And they were actually doing a good job of it until you dumped on them and Trump dumped on them. Like, well, the time, you know, we, we look horrible. It's in disarray. By the way, in retrospect, we were right. They look pathetic. So you lost a week there to sort this out. It turns out 
for the for the seven months that they were in session, they were at a session like 40% of the time, and now they're at a session for six weeks straight. What a joke. And then the one battle that we were leading up to, the debt ceiling, <laughs> Fitch ju- just downgraded our credit. Okay? They're, they're going to... Yellen, I have an article coming out. She's going to issue $3.2 trillion in debt in total this year. What a complete joke. And it's not just debt. We're, our economy is crushed. The circuitous cycle of inflation, high rates, unaffordability, reinforcing economic depression, depletion of revenue, increasing outlays, more debt, more expensive interest on the debt, tightening uh, more higher interest rates, tightening the credit market, depleting the... I mean... Vicious cycle. We are. We are. There's no way out of that without massive spending cuts. There's no. You, you could. You could raise interest rates all you want. It will not break the inflation. All it will do is crush the economy. So we're getting the worst of both now. No one has an answer for that. But they're always like, "What's the plan? What's the plan?" But that question appropriately applies to them. They're like, "Trump, Trump, what is your plan? Walk me through it." Impeachment doesn't help. The difference between defund and impeachment is this. Defund is there's an automatic reset built into the budget. Come midnight, October 1st, funding is out. They need our branch of government, so to speak, the GOP House, to pass a budget. They could say, we will not pass it unless you have a defund rider. And they should have a defund rider. They should also have a rider in there taking all, giving a motion to all defendants to assert that it's a political issue. It's a political targeting. So it would cover J6, abortion, whatever. And it needs to be taken out of the D.C. district to their home district. That needs to, DeSantis was calling for that uh, yesterday. That needs to be in the budget bill. And he should call for it to be put in the budget bill. Well, Daniel, well, the Senate will never pass that, but Biden will never. Well, then you don't get a budget. You see what I mean? You have, now, you can't come back helter-skelter and win a fight like that. You have to command attention while Biden and Senate Democrats are out. You show your, that you're governing. You come back in and you build the case. You show the danger. This prosecution in particular is really dangerous. I mean, the other ones, let's face it. Trump clearly did things illegal and wrong. I think we're just of the point that the Democrats did things a thousand times worse, so we're just not going to fall into that trap, and I understand that. But this one is really, I mean, literally just speech. It's unbelievable. But again, even without Trump, they were already, already doing this to us. They're already doing that. So it's, it's defunct because here, here's the reality. My colleagues will say, the ones who agree with me, will say, Daniel, you got to support DeSantis. He, he has the best chance of winning. He has the best persona to win. And he will actually have the guts to pardon. And that's the only way to save the, the, the country, our liberties, and Trump himself. And I do agree with that, but I just will say, he will not take office until January 20th of 2025. So, you know, Trump is going to have to sit in jail for a while. If you believe that this needs to be stopped, there is no other way other, other than the budget bill. But again, it's a PR fight with the public who blinks first. And the best way, in my view, to build that is to come in and, and just monopolize the August break for this issue. Again, it should be done on 50 other issues. But I'm calling their bluff because I know they don't give a darn about that. But they claim this is it. So... 
what are you going to do about it? I am, I'm the only one giving a path. They are not answering. How, what is their plan to get Trump elected? Before we even get to the fact that we are in this position because of him. The deep state is the way it is because his rhetoric juiced them up. But then he appointed Gary Cohns and Steven Mnuchin's and Jerome Powell's and Christopher Ray's to all this stuff. And Jared Kushner brought them all in. We have a very weak hand. This is the best we can do as a defund fight. But yeah, we don't have a lot of options. They control government. There's nothing they're not willing to do. Trump, because of who he is, he, you know, incites the left the most, but then governs to the left, puts in the people that actually tie the noose around our neck and his neck. Then he's so unpopular with just the gratuitous, stupid things he does. So it's a very tough thing because January 6th is not popular because we can't make that case with someone like him. It would, it would take someone like a DeSantis to make the case that, look, a guy like Kenneth um, Harrelson, one of the Oath Keepers, he literally was not even, he didn't have a weapon, he didn't, he's not accused of anything violent or destructive, he walked into the Capitol and left, he actually is on video, two, two different videos show him protecting an officer and that officer originally told the FBI he did, but then mysteriously recanted it later. But two videos show that um, that the defense's side is, is true. He was held pre-trial for 20 months on nonviolent charges. The bullcrap 1512, you know, obstructing official proceedings, what, what they are hitting Trump on. And then they sentenced him to four years. The DOJ wanted 17. And the judge was like, I disagree with DOJ. He really didn't do anything wrong. But here's four years. <laughs> that, that's the way they, they work. While the guy who burnt down the precinct police station in Minneapolis got two years and three months and didn't serve a day pre-trial. Literally burnt it down. Trump doesn't have the clout to make that case. He doesn't have the smarts. He doesn't have the persona. And again, I'm sorry, but don't shoot the messenger. Trump and his people did say, basically, all of them, we know the election wasn't stolen. We're just saving face for the man. And we're putting everyone through this because we did. And, and that harms our cause. It was stolen in a certain way, and it needed to be articulated. That's what he does. It's the same thing. The debt's a problem. Oh, except when I'm president. Yeah, of course I'm going to raise the debt ceiling. Everyone knows he's self-serving. That's the problem. You can't make the case with someone like that. This is what puts us in such a bind. This is a huge issue. It's not just about Trump. I agree with those who are saying that even if Trump weren't doing stupid things, they'd do it. They would do it to us. They are doing it to us already. They want to criminalize our speech. Yeah, la-di-da. You, Eureka, you discovered America, bozos. Of course they're criminalizing us. They criminalized human breath. They wrestled people to the ground and carted them off planes for a two-year-old not wearing a mask. And you didn't join me in that fight. And all the leverage points we have and do have to this day to have a reckoning on that and make sure it doesn't happen again. So yeah, of course. I said, if they could do the COVID stuff, there's quite literally nothing they won't do. It's nothing to do with Trump. And guess who brought that to us? Trump. Guess who brought us the election that enabled the absentee ballots? Trump. It's not just March and April. 
He ran ads in October into November, the days before the election, touting Fauci. Don't shoot the messenger. We are in a very precarious situation now where we are defined by a man who is so subversive to our cause, who is so unpopular because he's such an SOB, he openly says he doesn't believe in the things that we believe in more than he does. But it needs to be dealt with. It's a big problem. The criminalization of political speech is is massive. But the only solution to that is, is nominating DeSantis But even more brave, if you don't want to get involved in that, defund, defund, and have a provision taking cases out of D.C., stand by it. We are told there is nothing more important than that. You have to have have a knockdown, drag-out fight. Government shutdown, it's you as worse. You are shutting down our liberties. There's no greater shutdown than that. Call for it. Build the case. They should have been building this for months, as I have, on this and many other issues. And then they should be calling in the states. Here's my other plan. Number one, as I've been saying, states need to create a legal defense fund defending defending people that are politically targeted so they know that they're not alone. And then every state attorney general needs to announce that if the liberal judge in the D.C. district dismisses the motion or... um rules against the motion to dismiss from the Trump team that allows a lawsuit to, a criminal indictment, I mean, to proceed, criminalizing a sitting president giving a speech and taking a position on something, then they need to now announce, we are going to prosecute Democrats in our state that do the same. So all of the people who openly called for violence, and there were many, that led to the violence with BLM riots, you're fair game. 8 USC 1324, we talked about yesterday with uh, human smuggling. They need to prosecute DHS officials and Biden himself for human smuggling. 18 USC 1324 prohibits someone from encouraging or inducing illegal immigration. Now, the question is, does that mean like advocating? So literally a few months ago, the Supreme Court, not actually, no, a few weeks ago, Supreme Court US v. Hansen, just upheld it by narrowing the definition, just saying it obviously doesn't mean, you know, just straight up, you know, advocacy. It means that relating to facilitation and solicitation of illegal immigration, such as document fraud, providing them things and human smuggling. They need to be hit up on that. Straight up. And again, there, there should be, Texas should have similar state charges, just like Alvin Bragg did. Meaning if you could say, a sitting president in your duties could be criminalized. I mean, Biden is flying in illegals on an admission program, not pursuant to law. He's invading his own country. You want to talk about misleading and and giving false information that lives are on the line? To this day, the FDA is marketing the COVID shots as a sterilizing vaccine and it's 100% safe. This is demonstrably false, according to anyone. Believe it or not, there was a section added to the FY 2021 omnibus bill. It was designed to go after us, but it applies to them under Section 5 of the Federal Trade Commission Act. 
It prohibits anyone from engaging in a deceptive act or practice in affecting commerce associated with the treatment, cure, prevention, mitigation, or diagnosis of COVID-19. There's not a single Biden admin official who hasn't violated that provision. You know, another thing, DOJ is hitting Trump on 18 U.S.C. 241, conspiracy against rights. So, like, you are trying to overturn the election. Now, first of all, we've said this many times, believe it or not, voting is actually not a fundamental right. It's the closest thing to it, but it's still a positive law. There's quotes from the framers of the 14th Amendment. I have articles on that. Um, what's it even? But if you believe that's fundamental right, what's even more is your right to breathe, your right to walk, your right to open a business, your right to go to church. All federal and state officials should be prosecuted under 18 U.S.C. 241. You, you literally violated human rights. What If you have another idea, tell me. And again, these are the most achievable. You can say, take someone out and shoot them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, these are the most achievable that will, you know, apply the most leverage in the areas we control. We control, I mean, I know we, we really don't, but Republicans control a bunch of states. And they control the House, which is the more important branch, because you control it with a simple majority. Remember, they have more leverage than Senate Democrats. Because it's not like Senate Democrats technically, I mean, if Republicans join with them, but technically have the votes to pass their own budget without a defund. So they look weak. The House could jam them. Why is Trump himself not calling for it? Impeachment doesn't do him anything good. Remember, impeachment... The default is Biden stays in office. You need the Senate to agree. It's not like there's like a statute of limitation, like his office runs out unless you reaffirm it. That's what the budget bill is, okay? So that's how if you have control of one branch, especially the House, you have a lot of leverage. Here you don't, and it's reverse leverage. To begin with, impeachment never works for us. It won't stop the trial. It won't stop the, I mean, the indictment of Trump. Um, it won't help with that, but... Thanks to the fecklessness, getting back to what we started with, of these very same noisemakers for years and Trump himself endorsing them, the Senate Republicans suck. At best, you'll get 20 votes for impeachment. So you'll have an 80-20 split against you on conviction. You will look, Biden's approval will skyrocket. It will crush us. It is what it is. Don't blame me. I did everything I can for the last 15 years to get these schmucks out, or many of them, preempt them from getting in, like Tom Tillis. All these guys. I tried. These schmucks with bigger platforms refuse to give voice to their challengers. Don't blame me. They're the ones that got us into this weak position, and even in this weak hand, they're the ones not calling for the few leverage points that we have. It just... Nominate Trump. Okay, but what does that do? No one is gaming that ad. They want to throw him in jail. Exactly. So then how is that going to help us? And by the way, just, just one thing. You know, we're, we're told that, oh, you know, they're scared of Trump. They know Trump could defeat them, so they want to take him out. Well, if they want to take him out, that would mean you want to make sure he doesn't win the primary, Okay. So if that were the case, they would have only gone with the 
updated, amended version of the Florida documents case. Because that's the strongest one. But for them to do the Alvin Bragg clown show and now criminalize speech, and then they already saw how this already juiced up Trump's numbers, they, they're not stupid. Why would you? You're literally nominating him. You're nominating the man that you are terrified of, according to my colleagues. No, the, the reality is the reason why they're doing this perfect drip drip is because it enrages the base. So it endears him to make sure he gets the, the nomination. But at the end of the day, swing voters are not fair and intellectually honest. We know that they hate Trump and Trump does that brings that on himself. So they're not going to look at the technicalities of the law. They're like, that guy is just a freaking crook and corrupt as hell. That's what they want, this drip drip, multiple, multiple. That's why you want to do multiple. Get him the nomination, take him out in the general. Whether it's taking him out because he's politically unelectable or you physically convict him and lock him up. By that point, there's no real timeline they could lock him up before the primary. But before the general, you know, if you go based on just typical timelines of these type of trials, you know, there is enough time for that. Again, the Democrat secretaries of state, they will get him off the ballot. And I promise you, in Nevada, Arizona, and Wisconsin, when he is convicted, they will have support from their public to do that, and it won't even be close. It's the same reason he couldn't win an election if he were on the ballot. He will not win those states. You have no idea how weak we are in Wisconsin. I mean, you see it by Ron Johnson's approval. Ron Johnson's one of the better senators, but it rubs off. They recently dramatically underperformed in a, in a, in a red district in an open state legislative seat. That is a reality. You could have all these fake Trump polls that are coming out, push-polled by them, and you know, funneled through these third-party organizations that go into the RCP average and make, oh, you see, he's doing better than DeSantis against, against um, you know, Biden. It's a joke. We've gone through this. I, I myself followed the RCP average the last three election cycles, and we got snookered. Carrie Lake was crushing. All these guys were crushing. The RCP average was really good. RCP was projecting, I don't remember, it was like five Senate seat gain and 40 to 50. For like like 30 to 40 house seats. You know, dude, that electorate has not changed. Trump has not gotten more popular with those voters since since then, since these indictments. For my entire career, all our industry has done is talk and entertain. And like I said, Rush Limbaugh said, I'm not an activist, I'm an entertainer. And he never spoke that we are like one hair away from being thrown in Guantanamo Bay. I mean, maybe at the end of his career. Talking about back in the day. But now all my colleagues are saying what I say. And, and I believe. And I actually believe it. That's why I fight so hard. That's why I spend 90% of my time every day on things I don't even get a paycheck to do. I don't make any money. You know what I'm saying? Like I could start a whole consulting business doing policy work for different candidates and elected officials and organizations, but I do it for free because it's the right thing to do. That because I, I I actually do believe 
we are a hair away from them locking us up. I believe when they, COVID should have taught us, when they say you will eat bugs and live in 15-minute cities, own nothing, and be happy, they are dead serious, and they are on their way to implementing that, including in red states. What are we going to do about it? I have given you a blueprint. I'm just one man, but there is nobody alive in this industry who has given a more comprehensive set of views and has actually tried to get on the playing field to influence it as well in multiple different electoral and legislative fronts, state and federal. And I'm doing the same thing on the Trump indictment. I don't understand, if you believe in what these people are saying, how do you not push McCarthy into a defund fight, especially because we are saddled with McCarthy because of Trump. We are saddled with these terrible senators that will not support impeachment because of Trump and his predecessors who support who are of like mind. And we are saddled with red states that suck because of the governors like Greg Abbott and Kay Ivey and numerous others that Trump has endorsed. And nobody else bothered to get out. And then, of course, the one man trying to build some alternative. Again, it's not there yet. It's not perfect. But it's light years ahead of everyone else in Florida that speaks to where we're at. Because where, where are we at? What does this indictment show? It shows you can't share a country with these people. You cannot live together with them. They have so much power and they're willing to do anything with it. We have to, in the areas where we still have public opinion on our side, we have to floor the gas pedal. And the one man who showed the, the, the blueprint, we're going to piss on him. We're going to whip up a race-baiting operation of black Republicans against one of his signature achievements that will help make red states red and and actually speaks to the core of why we're going to lose red states because the Generation Z and the education system in the red states are like the blue states so the, the children won't follow their parents. He's actually trying to remake the curriculum. Like, Daniel, I'm all for opposing CRT, but oh my gosh, you can't have that sort of curriculum. And Trump does that, and it's all good. So if that's all you're going to do, you can go blank yourselves. It's blank or get off the can. This is their Waterloo moment. Even when it comes to your own idol, do you actually believe in the urgency and severity of what you're saying and want to do something about it? Or is it just your talk show or your organization is tied to Trump, so you'll just Trump, 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 make noise to no end aimlessly and endlessly, and we're all in the same sinking boat, Trump and all of us. What are you going to do about it? I could look myself in the mirror and say, I've been balanced. I haven't sold my views out to pimp Trump, but I haven't also sold my views out just because I'm pissed at Trump. In other words, oh, so he deserves it. You know, No, the prosecution's a huge problem. It needs to be dealt with. But the same way everything else does. But the same reason it won't be de- dealt with is the same reason the other stuff wasn't dealt with. And that's the point. It's turtles all the way down. It's Trump's all the way down. It's Vivek, Carrie Lake, noise machine makers all the way down. No one with a vision of how do you take your strongest position, strongest leverage points, 
articulate it as best as you can with your best people that don't immediately piss people off that you can't even get your foot in the door for them to listen to you on the substance. And pray to God that our efforts are successful. Just don't don't tell me what's bitter is, is sweet and what's evil is good. What's wrong is right. Isaiah 520. God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.